Tony is recording. Okay. There we are, folks, coming to you from the beautiful WEEI FM studios, 93.7 FM on your dial in Boston, Massachusetts. This is Nick Fitzy Stevens, and we'd like to welcome you to the latest episode of New England Training Camp Live, recording on Friday, August 6, 2021. On today's program, we'll have several different perspectives on training camp for the New England Patriots, both in the days of yore, the good old days, as well as what's been going on down in Foxborough this year in easily the most anticipated and exciting training camp in recent Patriots memory. Uh, thank you guys for joining us here on the Odyssey Sports platform. You can follow me and ask questions throughout the week and give us your feedback at FitzyGFY and, of course, at WEEI as well. Let's cut right to the chase right now. Let's get a little perspective on what life in Patriots training camp under Bill Belichick is like. I am joined by one of the afternoon hosts here on OMF, or OMF, as I like to call it. Uh, he, he puts the F in OMF and in lots of other places. Two-time Super Bowl champion. Christian Fourier. Fourier, welcome to this, uh, what might sort of be the inaugural episode of New England Training Camp Live, depending on what's been distributed so far. Uh, how do you think Pat's camp, from your perspective so far, from what you've seen, uh, how does it look like these new guys are gelling, and what do you think the vibe looks like down there so far? Um, all right, so basically what I've seen and what I've heard, I'm going to put those two together mm-hmm. um, is uh, is what I said the other day, how I just felt like this team has the league right where they want them. Underappreciated, um, underrated. Um, it, it, there is a, you know, from, from the new guys that arrive to the young guys that are in their seconds or third year to the offensive line, to the defensive. Um, I think it's going great. I mean, I think it's going fantastic. Now, Again, it's barely a week of camp, but how do you really know? But I can say that a lot of a lot of holes have been filled. A lot of questions have already been answered. Now it's just about just consistently, you know, stringing one good practice after another, after another. Just what Bill used to always call, put it in the bank, put it in the bank. You know, make a deposit today, make a deposit today, you know, on the field. So eventually at some point in time, you're going to have to make a withdrawal. You know, it could be. Week 10, it could be week two. It could be the Super Bowl. Something that you're learning in the next four weeks is some uh, could be valuable to you later on in the season. And to me, that's all you're doing. You know, you're storing information. You're building consistency. You're, you're making sure, you know, your timing is right. Your legs are underneath you. You see things clearly. You adapt. You, you're impro- you improvise, you know, and then you just, you know, then once you're, once you're there, now it's about, okay, how do I fine-tune it? How do I, you know, how do I add to it? And then that's what the coaches are thinking, too. Okay, Fitzy has learned how to run an out route. Okay, how can we add to his, uh, you know, route tree? And okay, we know that Fitzy can hook block now, but he can't do a power blocking well, so let's work on that. Everyone kind of has their ceiling at the end of camp and at the beginning of camp, and then by the time camp is over, you know, everybody has made significant adjustments, or they haven't. And that's when guys get cut. And that's when guys are told to hit the bricks or maybe, just maybe in case there's redundancy at their position, they're told like, how would you feel about maybe getting a house in Attleboro uh, for a couple of weeks until we need you week five or week four or whatever, you know, like, you know, it's just, the, just those things that people uh, sometimes imagine goes on like, Hey Hoyer, uh, you're not with the team right now, but don't go anywhere. Hey, Dion branch. We may give you a call in a couple of weeks. Uh, 
that's a different conversation for a different day. So you were on the team four years, right? Yeah. Four years. All right. So you went through four camps. Uh, how much of camp is Bill and Josh and company like drilling down on football and getting on your ass and working you? And how much of it is like you said, like a teaching process, like a, a starting off with a gentle learning curve and then ramping you up depending on the personality, how much you need to know or what your veteran presence is like. Cause I think a lot of people would love, like they're so secretive down there. You have, you know, you've been behind the wall. You know what it's like. So just give us a little bit as to like one weekend, where is everybody? Um, well, it's so funny because I was thinking about this the other day. Days off used to be so precious and important and, it's, and so valuable because just having a day off, you would go seven days straight, you go two days and and they would say, hey, we're going to give you a day off. And that was like basically, you know, 24 hours, but it felt like a week. So those days don't exist anywhere. Everyone's allowed to. Everyone's allowed to, you know, get, you know, relax, rest, recover. It's really not that big of a deal. But they throw everything at you. Some teams, some coaches will literally throw, you know, the hardest plays, the hardest adjustments at you. They throw everything against the wall. And they they don't care. They know you're not going to retain it. But they just want to see what you can grasp from day one. You know, some guys, then you, I think you kind of understand who's a quick learner, who's a fast study, and who who may need a whole year. Like certain quarterbacks may need a whole year to figure it out. A whole right? year. A whole year to figure it out. Like two cycles to figure it out. But that bleep calculus. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So, I would say the stress level is probably the same as far as like worrying about keeping your job and earning a spot. and But the stress on your body is not nearly the same as it used to be back in my day. <laughs> back in the you mean back in the good old days where you wore leather helmets and yeah. football was a real game played between real men okay so a week in right now you've got a significant amount of turnover on the roster you've got a lot of new faces down there some veteran tent poles like your mccordy's like hightower coming back van noy etc um how do you think the new guys feel right now in terms of like uh dealing with bill acclimating to the pressure just being on the is there is there that much stress you think because they're on the patriots or tom left town and so that whole like we have to win a championship stress factor it still has to be there because they're playing for the patriots and they're working for bill belichick right well you know i think it's bill it's i think the mystique grew with tom and you know those expectations like imagine a young receiver you know coming in and brady's the quarterback Yep. I mean, imagine that. Like my 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 similar situation was Warren Moon. Warren Moon comes to the team. He's like forty something. I'm like, wow, that's Warren Moon. I'm like, man, he expects a certain level of expertise. And could he still sling it? Could he still sling it the same way he used? Could he still sling it the same way he? Used he to? was a, he was an all pro that year. He so he he was rocket. an all pro. He was a, he was unbelievable. One of the best passing quarterbacks I've ever played with. And and I'm you know he's better than Brady as far as passing the ball. Um, what? Is fine. Did you I, hear I, that, I, Andy Hart? I better than that. Brady. Blasphemy. Blas- hey, Tom. Tom, you can, suck. Can Who's you hear better? us in Canton? Uh, yeah. You oh, bought a can we curse on this? I don't know. Go I don't ahead. know. You, what do you know, by the way? Is this <laughs> not thing much. even working? Yeah, this is not even working. Is hey, it? Ashton, come on out. We're going to put for you. Uh, I don't even know what the question Like you know how, how do you think the new guys are fit? like it's got to you want to make an impression right you want to come down like there's guys like Kendrick Bourne who acts like he's comfortable everywhere he is but then there must be some guys down there that are like oh, I hope I get everything right I hope I don't make a mistake you know like tell us about like the fun of being at camp with the guys forming relationships versus the stress of knowing like I gotta you know quote do my job otherwise I'll be hitting the bricks 
Well, I would say um, there's, I mean, the guy, whoever, it, any guy that it was going to be uh, that comes in uptight and freaking out would be the same way in, in, in any situation. Some guys just kind of adapt to it better than others. Some guys take longer, um, you know, and that all comes on. The comfort level comes when you understand what you're doing. If you, if you're able to line up right and you know who to block and where to go and all the other stuff, it's, you're just playing football. The stress level comes when you break the huddle and you still don't know what to do. And the clock is running in your head and you go, Holy crap. I don't even know if I'm, and you're looking for high contact from the quarterback. He's going, no. And you're saying yes. And he's saying no. And you're looking. So, and then you, and then you forget what the snap counters on. Like that's what stresses you out late uh, up at night, making flashcards, going over formation, going over plays, going over alerts, hots, going in the install that they put the night before, hoping that you get it, trying to find your position coach so you can look at the play sheet before it. And then if you have a good coach, he'll show it to you. It's some jerks that won't show you the damn play sheet because it was just stupid because if I'm the position coach, I want my guy to look good, but it's every coach is different. They don't want you to see it. They want to know if you know it. I am giving you the cheat codes. I'm saying, listen. So I think it all depends. What what's, what always used to stand out to me, which was it's a sad. Job in real time. Ugh. That's that's I think because I, re, I remember it when every position, a guy that they want to play, they need to play. You see him repeating the same mistakes over and over again or losing one on one physical battles or dropping the pass. And, you know, and then you can just – and then you see the coaches lose faith in him in real time. That is – that's that's what's awkward. That's heartbreaking. That's awkward. It's uncomfortable. Uh, and then the next thing you know, camp's almost done, and the dude did nothing to save his job. Oh, brutal. Absolutely brutal. But that's this is the real hard knocks right here, folks. It's not – I mean, that's what it's like. We watch those shows. It's just like – Slow motion. Christian Uh I mean, that's that's why we watch those shows. Sure, it's great to see the workout montages and the the highlight reels and the big catches, but we watch it for the human drama, which, like you were just relaying, like plays out in real time and has to be heartbreaking. But when you make the team, you make the big plays, it's going to be pretty satisfying. Um, before you go, because I know you got a radio show to attend to, and then we're going to bring in Andy Hart for a little uh, fresh camp perspective since he was down there all week at Pat's Camp 2021. Uh, just give me one very memorable, uh, quick, funny aside or a Fourier memory from – uh, one Pat's training camp. You, I mean, you're always great at pulling up a story oh, uh, out of nowhere. The you know pressure. I know. Come on. From Pat's training. Camp. Yeah, give me one Pat's training camp story. Share share a little something with the kids. It's story time with. Oh Bo my Gates. god. Uh, okay. My first year here, Bryant College. Mm -hmm. Uh, the first year. Um, well, actually, you know, Vinatieri kicks the winning field goal, yep. and he's you know in leather pants on Letterman, and he's a big <laughs> popular star. And I remember at Bryant, the the you know we had our rooms on the first floor. And there was really no security. And I remember, like, Adam, like, complaining to security that women were trying to, like, get into his room and, like, <laughs> knock down his window and, you know, and, like, trying to get in. I don't know how many women hey, Adam, went come to. split my uprights. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> wow, come on. <laughs> well, what do you think? <laughs> we don't even know if anyone's actually listening to this, Andy, <laughs> so, so really, we gotta, anything Let's you push want. the boundaries until yeah. we're, we're told yeah. by corporate. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, um, yeah, I think that, to me, was, as far as a tame one, something that we could share. I thought that was pretty interesting because yeah. I had never seen anything like that before. Like no one was knocking down our windows. No, we never got <laughs> anything. How about Tom too? Were they chasing after Brady? They were always were, but no, I don't. You know what? Like again, like the camp. Once they put us into the hotels, yep. The fun stuff.
Like when they were. What when, about Parentes? Wasn't see, I never went there. That was that was oh. a Bryant thing before I was around. For me, I was in Eastern Washington. We were in Cheney, Washington. We were like you know, uh, you know, almost in Idaho. So I mean, and then we were practicing twice a day. Now, now those stories. Yeah. Hey. All right. Yeah. Oh, all right. All right. Save those. Save those. We will save those. We will save those for another episode of Training Camp Live. Christian Fourier heard weekdays, two to six on OMF. Thanks for the stories, buddy. Catch you soon, brother. We definitely have to get Fourier back on this sometime so we can hear the Seahawks training camp stories. Oh, yeah. When you're in eastern Washington, somewhere near the, the Idaho border, I mean, what happens in eastern Washington stays in Idaho, right? Uh, and I asked that question of our next guest here on this edition of New England Training Camp Live, heard on Odyssey Sports. Yes, it's recording, Andy, as Andy peers over like, just making I? sure. Just making sure. <laughs> Did you hit the right button? Been 50? told that before. Uh, we're joined now by WEI.com writer, brand personality like myself here at the radio station, and also a contributor to the broadcast airwaves. He too will be joining Fourier in moments on our frequency modulated airwaves. It's Andy Hart. Andy, we've been on the radio a couple times this week, but now we can share it in a more free-flowing, unfiltered capacity. Give me your first impressions, the standouts, the highlights, the lows, uh, the Mac Jones and the Cam uh, of your week at Pat's Camp down at the stadium. Uh, first and foremost, Mac Jones. He was the star of uh, Thursday's practice. I thought he was perfect. Bor- literally borderline perfect. You can go to all the other websites for the exact stats and whatever, but there were drop balls. It was pouring freaking rain. I thought he was great when he was on the field. I thought it was great when he was off the field attached to Josh McDaniels talking about whatever the hell Cam Newton or some other quarterback Jake Dolagala was doing. Um, the weather conditions, if anything, he seemed to lift his game. Uh, it was the Patriots offense. It was Tom Brady, which means there was dink and dunk. There was mm-hmm. short passing. Precision precision was he leading his receivers because one of the big things i think i i'm a cam guy in that i still believe cam newton deserves a fair shake and it's his job to lose as bill belichick has told us time and again but one of the things i'm most excited about with mac jones getting the most accurate quarterback in fbs history and nobody's better from zero to ten yards apparently or so i've been told time and again by people i respect and admire i'm looking for someone who's going to lead the receivers cam's passes are never quite on time like Mac Jones gives you a due date and an arrival time, and it's there. And I can't wait to see that. Cam Newton, I would say, is often off time and off target, which is unfortunate for him. And I think unfortunate for this offense. Yes, I think for the most part, Mac is more accurate and gives some of these guys run after catch opportunities. And first and foremost in that group is John O. Smith. I think you and I have talked about it a bit. I think he's going to have a massive breakout season. I think he's going to be the centerpiece of the offense that's not named Damian Harris. I think those two guys are going to be your key cogs. But it was funny because Mac Jones, after one drill segment, whatever, Bill and he were standing next to each other, Bill Belichick, and Bill kind of had his arm on uh, Mac Jones' shoulder, and he was asked after practice, what was that about? And he talked about that very thing. We were talking about leading receivers, putting it a foot out in front of them so that they can run after catch. And I actually think that's something he can do. Whereas I think if you tell Cam that, Cam's like, yeah, I'll try, Coach. Yeah, I'm 32, and I've never really been able to do that, but I'll try, sure. Coach. Um, so I that's why I believe not only the evolution of Mac, how he's getting better, seems to be getting more comfortable by the day, but he's a better fit for the offense and the weapons, quote-unquote, that they have and play action. And everybody says, oh, this team's built for Cam. I think that's totally 100% wrong. I think it's built for Mac Jones, a quarterback that can come in with accurate passing, short, timely passing, Give guys like John o. Smith, James White, the ability to run after catch, 
take advantage of some play action pass openings that will be created by a dominant running game with Damian Harris. So to me, if there's a story right now, and this is good because all every editor, producer, questioner on the planet wants to know about are the quarterbacks right now. But Mac Jones looking pretty, pretty good. Pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty good. We like to hear that because he should, considering that He's a first-round quarterback, taken 15th overall. The hopes of an antsy and anxious and excited Pats Nation hinge on his, as we've heard, slightly more narrow or slighter than anticipated shoulders. But he's got the moxie. He's got the psycho killer instinct, even though he comes across as, aw, shucks, Mr. Letterman. Like, you'd think you'd see him, like, with the whiffin' poofs or, like, a glee club at Yale. But, in fact, What he's the got, hell's a whiffin' poof? That's the name of, like, the most popular. I wish I didn't know oh, that. Oh, screw you. The uh, Beelzebubs are better. They're from Tufts, if you're talking about acapella groups. Oh, wow. Did you expect that 20 minutes into this edition of Training Camp Live, you'd get we'd get into an acapella off? Well, that's all I got. Is that's, the that's all I got. Let's and all on. I had was the whiff and poof. So, all right, we've both played our trump card as far as as far as uh, famous collegiate glee clubs go or acapella clubs. But you know, he's got that look about him. But secretly, like I've you know, I spoke to his pop Warner coach. Like he's a sneaky competitive guy. We oh, know yeah. about the stories about getting thrown out of the flag football game uh, when he was coaching the girls' flag football. Like the the my still fa- still my favorite thing is the whole that story about like f- dropping bombs on the on the scout team. And Saban says, hey, knock that shit off. And he's like, why don't you tell your... Well, I decided I, there's the first swear. It's on the internet. It's, if, I, if I can't do it, then someone can beep it or I'll, I'll pay the fine, coach. Um, I'll probably have to run a lap for dropping the S-bomb. And uh, and he tell... What did he tell Saban? Like, why don't you tell your defense to stop me? Yeah. Right. I, I, I want that. See, I want Cam to work, again, because he deserves a shot. And there's far more weaponry and talent that's surrounding him this year. But when you... I love the Patriots offense because, you know what? It is just boring enough. It's just, and 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 to that point now, I'd like to hear quickly uh, some offense and defense that pop for you before you you hop back in. We've talked about the fact that you know the tight ends will make a massive difference because they're two humongous targets. They'll probably work for Cam or Mac or hell for even Hoyer at that point. Ugh, all right, back it up, Fitz. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, but the receivers, they just need to be complementary. Are they uh, from what you saw this week? Are they, uh, if not a market improvement, at least just an improvement over what we saw last year? I don't want to play your side of the street, but I've been strangely optimistic about the receivers oh, and the offense. Oh, welcome. And... You got cookies, lemonade, IPAs. Oh, I like cookies, lemonade. <laughs> I'll try the IPA. Okay, which, see which one it is. No, they, they, Nelson Aguilar. I know we all have sort of held his past against him and his contract against him. Contract, especially. But he's looked pretty damn good. He's been a good-looking receiver on the field. He's caught the ball productively most of the time. He's shown that speed that we all know he has to get down the field, which I think can be a complementary aspect of this offense. I believe John o. Smith is going to be the centerpiece. He's going to be the Reggie Jackson, the straw that stirs the drink. But you need all those other complementary offshoots off of that. If he's the deep threat, and then you say Jacoby Myers, who has had a great Jacoby Myers camp, which is to say boring and not really flashing – good or bad. Like, I can't tell you he's dropped a number of passes or looked terrible on this. Nope. I also can't tell you he's looked spectacularly awesome and blowing people out of the water and beating people by 15 yards because that's not Jacoby Myers. When Jacoby Myers is on, he just kind of catches the ball somewhere, you know, nine yards downfield, 11 yards downfield. He hands it to Mr. Official, jogs back to the huddle, and I'll do it. And you'll be like, death by a thousand cuts, right? Nobody, it doesn't jump off the page. Um, Kendrick Bourne would be the guy that I'm not really that high on. Seems like a super nice guy. Super nice guy. 
Just not sure he's a super good receiver with super good hands. He has questionable hands. Um, but they don't all have to hit. And there's a name on there that I've left off. And you're probably like, hey, what about Nikhil Harry? I'm going to stun you here. He's looked good. What? Three days in a row. What? One. Not one. Not two. Not th well, yeah, three. Three. Three days That's in a row. We'll see if he can get four. Do he I doesn't have four? three good games to his name. Nope. So three good practices in a row after Matters. his agent stepped out and said, I want to get traded. For Nikhil Harry to show up, to see it's a big year for him in that uh, you know, he needs to establish some value. He needs to establish some value in case he gets moved in a year or at any point in time. And at the same time, he's got to actually prove his worth. Otherwise, his ass is going to get cut and he'll be hitting the bricks. And you got to go to work before you. Give me one last, give me one name on defense. Who caught your eye uh, and is not named Dante Hightower or Steph Gilmore? You know who's looked really good the last few days? J.C. Jackson. Lots of energy, lots of hands all over other balls as they were in the yep. air. Uh, Looking number one I don't know because he doesn't face a number one receiver. I'll tell you when she the regular season, but he's done a good job in his training camp opportunities. Gotta go. See you later. Have a good show. There goes Andy Hart. You can read his musings, his observations, and his training camp reports at weei.com. And of course, you can follow him at Jumbo Hart. Uh, Andy was down at training camp all week. I had a chance to talk with him on the radio this week a couple different times on WEI. He also told me Josh Uche. Faster than advertised. Matt Judon has talked him up several times during media availabilities, saying that Josh Uche is the real deal. He's the next big thing for the Patriots defense and that he's fast. He's really, really fast. And he also said Christian Barmore looks like the real deal. Um, he's got the size and the power. He's going to win a lot of battles. And what a great pickup, what value he is. Uh, J.C. Jackson stepping up, looking like a number one cornerback. Obviously, it's a massive year for him considering he's playing on the final year of his fourth-year deal, uh, an undrafted free agent, making about $2.5 million this year, and he is looking to get a bag back up the brinks and get paid someplace. Maybe it's going to be in Foxborough, depending on what happens with Steph Gilmore. And if the Patriots bring him in and just pay him some extra money, give that man his money and keep Steph Gilmore. The gilly lock around for the rest of the season I'm not sure which way the Pats are going to go, if they're going to extend Jackson, extend Gilmore, extend both, or extend neither. But I will say, we were talking secondary the other night on the radio uh, on WEI, and Andy said that Jalen Mills, he's not really sure exactly where the secondary super sub is going to go because in Philadelphia, he did line up at corner. He did line up at safety. Last year, he lined up at linebacker a lot. Andy said he's been playing mostly cornerback more. Hasn't looked, hasn't looked like he's... Like he's out of position, but that doesn't seem to be his strength. Maybe more safety and more as that sort of hybrid tank linebacker type. So we'll see what they do with him. And Miles Bryant was getting some safety reps as well. So maybe that's a sign that uh, this year it could be more of a versatile and rotational defense for the Patriots with a lot of fresh bodies coming in at corner, coming in at secondary. They have linebackers for days. Winovich and Uche, uh, Dietrich Wise playing on the end. He's looking to have a big year now that he signed a new deal with the Pats. Obviously, Van Noy, who hasn't been hit yet, he hasn't had to put on the pads because he's been in the red non-contact. But he's back. Hightower, who all reports are, looks phenomenal. Matt Judon bringing tons of energy. He lines up all over the formation. And you know, uh, about a third of his pass rushes, uh, a third of the time where he's been able to get in the back, the pressures have been, have been wide open. So you know that in unblocked lanes, Belichick is going to do everything under the sun to possibly scheme him into his rush lanes uh, and give Matt Judah.
opportunities to clean up an aisle quarterback and do some damage. I'm so excited for this defense. I can imagine you guys are too. We haven't even started talking about how Kyle Duggar is going to take over the the universe, become the next great defensive superstar for the Patriots. And I bet be probably the number one selling defensive Jersey because I think Belichick found his Ed Reed. That's right. He found the guy for the, the safety, the, the guy who hits like a freight train, the guy who loves to cover and is built and made for football. That's all I ever heard about him. And when I had a chance to talk to him back in May at the New England Patriots post-draft recap show for season ticket holders, Doug, I was told, like, Duggar's very serious. Duggar takes things. Uh, it's not personal. It's just he's all football. And he was. And he's, uh, and he's quiet. And, you know, that's usually the sign of somebody who Bill loves so much. Um, and he just, he just wants to get out there and hit, man. He just wants to get out and hit. Uh, I remember last year, the Pats, remember when they walloped the Chargers that game 45 nothing on a Sunday? And then, of course, they turned around four days later and got waxed by the Rams, and thus the path to the playoffs was locked off. Well, then it was finished a few days, a week and a half later in Miami. But I remember in that game, Hunter Henry caught a ball over the middle from Justin Herbert, and Duggar just absolutely laid into him, just lit him up, lit him up like a pinball game lit him up like the Griswold family Christmas tree lit him up like Las Vegas and I remember just thinking like damn this guy can hit wow this guy can play what a what a find the 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 second round safety from Lenore Ryan the only reason why you know where that place is or that you'll ever say that small school's name ever again what an awesome find and an awesome player and I wonder what Duggar and Hunter Henry actually had to say to each other when they finally met in camp meeting properly not on the football field but probably to the side of it that that kid is going to be something else you, hear, you heard Andy say the tight ends look dynamic. Uh, they're so much bigger that you literally took one of the worst positional rooms, excuse me, not one of, the worst positional room in the NFL, the Patriots tight end room the past two seasons, post-Gronk, and have now turned it into a top 10 tight end room. That's supposing we don't even get anything out of Dalton Keene or Devin Asiasi. Imagine if we get anything resembling contributions from Keen, who's on the pup list right now, practicing on the lower field, healing up, and Asiasi, who had just been out with uh, COVID-19 for a couple of weeks. If you get anything from those 2020 third-round draft picks, in addition to Janu, the athletic super freak, and Hunter Henry, Mr. Dependable, imagine that. Imagine what an offense the Patriots might be able to have with that power running game and the big line and Damian Harris, who looks like he is just ready to grab the RB1 reins and just race off to the six-point house and for several Patriot first downs. And like Andy was saying, Aguilar looks good. We'll see what Kendrick Bourne does. Jacoby Myers, the unsexiest 9-11 to yard catch maker in the NFL. Slow foot, great hands, toe drag swag for days. Probably my favorite receiver on the Patriots. Can't wait. If we get anything out of Nikhil Harry, it's a complete bonus at this point now, considering we all basically forgot about him on or didn't think that he was going to have any anything to add this season, especially after that cartoonish request for a trade from his agent a few weeks ago. Maybe that sort of scared him straight and, told, and got him to come back to camp. Looks like he's in great shape making catches that are wowing the coaches, wowing his quarterbacks, and wowing the fans day after day after day. And, hey, you still got gun of the runner. You got an all-pro returning punts back there in third-year former defensive back from Bemidji State, Gunnar Olszewski. It's going to be awesome. So many exciting storylines. And, of course, Andy was telling you about Cam versus Mac, Mac versus Cam. It's Cam's job, as Bill has told us time and again. But, you know, your Mike Giardis, your Mike Reese's, your Andrew Callahan's, your Andy Hart's are all telling you, Tommy Curran's, they're all telling you the same thing. Looks like Mac is sneaking up day by day, inching closer and closer. And to me, and I'll end on this, 
that's the best thing possible for the New England Patriots, for the fans, because that means whoever ends up winning this job, whoever starts day one, when they take on the Miami Dolphins Sunday, September 12th at 4.25 p.m. and a jam-packed, joyous, raucous, and ready-to-roll Razor Gillette Stadium, that means you're going to have the best possible option for this team. They will do what is in the best interest of this football team, start the best quarterback possible, and it's going to be phenomenal. And if Cam wins the job, you know that iron sharpens iron, and he'll help Mac get ready, and Mac will be all the better for it. And if Mac Jones is starting, that means that this hotshot rookie, the most accurate quarterback in FBS history was able to find a way. Leave this in here. What is this? Before you just brought a pile of. <laughs> just as I was making my final quarterback point, Christian Fourier brought a. Contain... Oh, it's got my headphones and stuff. I don't know if that means he wants me to jump on OMF or not. Uh, nothing like being pod bombed by a two time Super Bowl champion and your buddy, Christian Fourier. All I was going to say is if Mac Jones wins the job, that means he was able to beat out a Super Bowl quarterback a former NFL MVP and somebody with all that personality, all that talent and all that want and will to win this job and redeem himself. That's why to me, it's not only the most compelling storyline at Pat's camp, 2021 Mac versus cam cam versus Mac is the most compelling storyline in a wild off season and a wild series of NFL training camps. It's the most compelling storyline so far this preseason all right hopefully just like aaron Rodgers yesterday at training camp we dropped that one in the bucket thank you guys for listening to another edition of new england training camp live we will be back twice a week mondays and fridays i believe we'll be live at 1 p.m it could be 2 p.m that's still in flux we're figuring these things out but don't you worry we'll have lots of jam-packed episodes today my thanks to christian fourier of omf on weei the two-time super bowl champion with the new england patriots with the camp insight and of course the fresh perspective from this week's training camp andy hart you can follow him at christian fourier at jumbo hart and you guys can hit me up with questions before the episode some feedback afterwards or anything else at Fitzy GFY. Thank you guys for listening very much. Look forward to talking to you twice next week. And if you happen to be in the area, I'm looking forward to seeing you tonight at Gillette Stadium as I host the season ticket holder live in stadium practice for your 2021 New England Patriots. Maybe I'll actually be able to chime in on the next episode with a little Pat's perspective, having been at practice myself. Take care, everyone. Be good to each other. Drink up. God bless. And we will talk to you soon. Go Pats.